Okay, so we're going to, uh, short sermon, you're all relieved to hear that. We're just going to follow a few thoughts from this passage that are looking at what we call the quiet time. That moment, that opportunity, that time to spend alone with God. So, here we go. As I said, this is going to be a series. we are looking at fellowship next week. Next week, Barry will be leading what we call our covenant service, and we'll be stressing what fellowship and being part of church is about and the commitment that is uh, important for that. But Jesus laid the commitment for all of us right at the start, and here we have it quoted in Luke. It's elsewhere in the Gospels. And he said three things. If any man or woman or want anyone wants to be my disciple, they must Number one, deny themselves. Number two, take up their cross daily. And number three, follow me. That is the essence of discipleship. It's not trying to be bigger than Jesus, better. It's simply trying to follow him, hence the footsteps in the sand. It's denying self. It's turning away from our own self-sufficiency. And it's taking up the cross a condemned prisoner would have been given the cross beam to carry on their shoulders as they went up the hill for crucifixion. Jesus was and stumbled, and another took his place. And that person has no future, but a future that will end in death, but glorious resurrection if you're his disciple. And that is what we are called to and to be. The essence of that, therefore, is the relationship that you and I personally have with the God that made us. If you don't have that relationship, then it is meaningless. And if you don't keep that relationship going, then you lose the way. So here's the example that Jesus met. Mark, uh, sorry, uh, Mark points out that Simon, uh, Peter, and others ran up and said, everyone is looking for you. Where was he? Very early in the morning, while it was still dark. He was in this solitary place, alone with his father. And that is what the quiet time is about, finding that spot uh, each day, getting alone with God. So, the Cambridge um, colleges, as you know, each have a chapel. If you you haven't been to Cambridge, the colleges are all independent, as it were, or separate, uh, uh, and they each have their own chapel. But in the 19th century, Christians started to get together, and they formed what they call the Intercollege Christian Union. And they met as Christian believers, uh, and they formed this society in 1877. Uh, Five years later, several students were looking at ways to try and improve their walk, because they were finding that they were always constantly busy. There was always something to go to, and if you weren't going to it, you were preparing to go to it, either a lecture or a a party or an event, and so there was no time in their lives, they find, for quiet and solace. And uh, so they came up with the idea of what they called a morning watch. And uh, these students got together and then individually agreed now, they uh, had some difficulties as to how to make sure that they could get up early in the morning. And uh, by the way, there's, there's copies of this little leaflet at the back. Uh, I'll, I'll be referring to it, but please take one uh, for your family and read it. But uh, what they came up with was that um, they had to overcome 
the problem that all students have, how to get up in the morning. Uh, I mean, some of us older ones still have it, but you know, the, the kids particularly. And so uh, this chap invented an automatic foolproof cure for laziness. He set a contraption up in his bed. And so when the alarm clock vibrated, it set off fishing tackle, which then whipped the sheets up into the air, and suddenly he had to get up. He was co getting cold. So they were going to extreme measures to try and make sure they could get up early in the morning. But then they came up with the concept of a quiet time, and they called it seven minutes with God. And so the morning watch caught on in the university, and three years later, a group of students in Cambridge uh, continued to build themselves up and follow this pattern of a morning watch, a quiet time at the start of the day, just a few minutes with God, as it were. And uh, seven of them got together, and you may not recognize this chap here. This chap is called C.T. Studd. Does anyone know which property C.T. Studd owned? Kidworth. Edward House, he was uh, the, the um, son of the, uh, he wasn't the eldest, he was one of the sons of, uh, of, of Tidworth, Tedworth House, and he uh, was a student at Cambridge, and others got together, and they had fellowship, uh, and they committed their lives through their morning walk, committed their lives to Christ, and they got together to plan how they could serve God as soon as they finished university, and some of them trained, as you can see, at least one trained to be a minister at Cambridge. And as soon as they had finished, they then set out across the United Kingdom. And you talk about the Spice Girls. These people were better known than the Spice Girls. They went around universities, towns, cities, all across the UK, publicizing the fact that the gospel was the most important thing in their lives, and they needed to serve Christ, and they would wish to do so and go to China. And they all did, eventually the China Inland Mission. There they are uh, years later. And uh, that experience that began in 1882 and 83 to 85 led to them spending their lives, in many cases, ministering in China and in other cases, moving elsewhere to Africa and India. The spark of the quiet time gave them the foundation for moving on they had learned what it meant to be alone with God, discover and listen to God, and then his direction for their lives. Now, the Bible is what gives us that direction, because we know it's the light to our pathway, and it's the lamp to our feet. So, let us look back at where we came from. What does it say in the Bible that the godly people did? Well, what did Jesus do? It says very early in the morning, he would get up, and he went to the solitary place where he prayed. And Luke points out that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. They had, he had that little spot, be it in a mountain or somewhere quiet. Uh, there was, uh, Billy Graham was describing it. There was a, a, a woman who was um, a very busy woman in, in the house. And um, you know, in America in those days, the woman ended up doing all the work, as you can expect. Yeah, I know it hasn't changed all that much in some houses. But anyhow, um, she used to say that um, if she got completely rattled, she would go into her kitchen, she would get the towel and throw it over her head, and she'd be alone with God in that little space and pray. Now, I'm not recommending that be the, the ideal spot for your quiet time, but she had discovered the moment of peace 
away from the, the, uh, the hubbub. And the psalmist frequently would say this, God, you are my God, early will I seek you. They got up early. I will awaken and make music with all my soul. Awake, harp and lyre, I will awaken the dawn. The start of the day is by far the best time, but it shouldn't be the only time. I remember I, I was hopeless at getting up. I've got the worst lateness record of anybody in my school. I remember the headmaster, um, uh, they, they, they had to fill in the form, and you had to put a number of how many days you came late. And I remember, I've still got it, uh, the, the school report form, it says, late most days, and uh, an exclamation mark. But if you can't do it in the mornings, do it in the evening, or find a spot in the afternoon, whatever, get a, a moment. But it is certainly better at the freshness of the day to start things off, and I can assure you, well, it did take the army to sort me out on that one, I'll have to say, but um, uh, we can learn how to spend that quiet time. But planning it, this little booklet, uh, or this little article, which I'll encourage you to read, suggests that you make a start with what they call seven minutes alone with God, how to plan a daily quiet time. So I'm going to just encourage you and go through what is meant by this. The author here, uh, uh, Robert Foster, it was an American, um, put these ideas together. He said, look, if you spend just the first seven minutes before you get all washed, dressed, and all that, and you just have 30 seconds of prayer, just preparing yourself, asking God to speak to you, then just four minutes of reading a Bible chapter. It takes about four minutes. Incidentally, do you know how long it takes to read all the Gospels out loud? If you started reading Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, it would take you nine hours and you'd have completed all the Gospels. So just reading it out aloud, it's, um, it's a good way to start. But all it asks in this case, four minutes, just one chapter or, or something uh, slightly less or a psalm. And then two and a half minutes prayer thereafter, absorbing and feeding back to God. And they suggest using what they call the ACTS formula, that is adoration or praise, a moment of praise and thanks, uh, confession, we need to confess and open our hearts and discover that God can deal with our sin, thanksgiving for what he's got in front of us, and supplication, that means asking for ourselves and others. And that simple formula of just seven minutes. Now, the idea is it doesn't have to be seven minutes. You don't need to stick to seven minutes. It's a way to get started. If you start with seven, you'll find it can become eight, ten. And uh, for many of us, it's often 30. But it's a start, and that's the point. And the important part of that is reading the Bible. Now, if you look at this Bible, you will see somebody has defaced it. It's a disgrace. They've written all over it, and you'll notice that they have underlined verses and things like that, and then they've put their own writing over the top and down the side and little columns. That's my Bible, and it's at the back of the church at the moment, so you can, you're very welcome to have a look at it. Why should I do that? You must deface the Bible. It's got to be yours. It's got to be personal. You must put, if God gives you a message, write it down. If he gives you an idea, follow it up. If you don't write it down, guess what? The morning goes, and the idea flies out the window. But it's important to take. Now, you don't have to use a Bible to write them on, but it's there, and that's why you've got space. The other thing I would point out, this is what we call a study Bible. You'll notice there's lots of extra words and things, and 
ideas down the middle. And again, please have a look at it. Study Bibles are extremely helpful because they give you some explanation about things that go on and help understand what you're reading. And that can be so helpful because often you read a psalm or a proverb or something and think, that does not make sense. And having someone in a study Bible to guide you and refer to elsewhere is so helpful and important. So I would strongly recommend, if you can, get a study Bible or uh, some other means. And the Scripture Union came up with another concept, and they, they distribute means of helping people read the Bible, that when you've read that passage, ask yourself a few questions. Question number one, what have I learned about God? Father, the Son, Jesus, or the Spirit? Is there something in this that I didn't know? Well, note it down. And then the next three questions, is there a command for me to obey? Is there a sin I need to repent from? Is there an example here that I can follow? What have I picked up from the passage? Just one of the thoughts. And then other things, a promise that I can be reassured with, possibly a way to help others. And above all, what am I going to do about it? These are the simple questions anyone can ask, and they're very easy to find. The other thing I, I strongly encourage is try to keep a record, keep on track. And a diary is a helpful thing to have. I've got one here. This costs two pounds in Tesco's. You haven't got two pounds. For one pound, you can get a paperback version of it, and it's just an ordinary diary. But it gives you room to put your name at the front and all that. But then it lists uh, all the days of the year, one by one. You have a chance of putting down the passage you read each of those days, uh, and then inside you've got a chance to put some notes. Just an ordinary diary, but you can put a few, and you can then put events that are coming up and people that you want to pray for. And so the uh, idea of using a diary, uh, this is free. Whoever, whoever comes, uh, if you can't afford one, you can have this one because uh, I've, I've got my own. And um, these, uh, these little booklets are the one I've just shown you, also encourage, uh, you can get these specially made ones, which also encourages every, uh, every week to put down a prayer list so that on, mon on Sundays you pray for your church and the people that go there, you pray for the pastor. On, 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 on Mondays, uh, whatever we've got, Sundays, Mondays, oh, missionaries abroad, um, home mission, uh, your work, your job, your, your colleagues. In other words, each day you, you, you have a, a kind of review and every day you have got someone different to pray for. Again, a helpful little tip to have to take forward. And then structuring your reading. Uh, I, I've, I've told this story so often that um, uh, many people take a lucky dip view to the Bible. They take the Bible, they grab it, they open it up, and they say, I wonder what it's going to come to. Now, you'll know this joke. Uh, if you take a verse at random, it says, Judas went out and hanged himself. I don't think I like that. Uh, next one, oh, here it's Luke's Gospel. It says, go thy and do likewise. I don't think I like that. Uh, you can't find your way around the Bible just by lucky dip. You need to go through it progressively uh, and get completely through it. Who could imagine a lover writing to her dearest and giving a letter, and when the letter arrives, he opens the first page and says, I love you, oh, and he slams it shut and says, that's great, and throws it away. You want to read every detail and pour over it every time and read every word. And so we need to structure our reading so that we eventually, over a year, two years, or whatever, cover the whole Bible. And there are schemes such as this one here uh, that can lay it out and 
they're available wherever you look. And I've also got uh, these here at the back of the church. Again, if you tick off each day which you want to do, it's there, and it helps a little guide to get through the whole Bible in either a year, two years, or whatever. So it's a question of introducing discipline into our reading, our prayers, and our personal walk. And of course, you've got all sorts of things online that you can use. Uh, can I do this? This thing, uh, no, it's not, not clicking across, I don't think. It'll only stick with PowerPoint, will it? Yeah, it's not going to let me. Anyhow, what I was going to try and show you is that there are so many tools and ideas online that you can use if you are able. You'll find that there's all sorts of things uh, there. The, um, I even find the Bible in Ukrainian, so you can, you can get, you can get quite, a, uh, quite, quite a range coming out. Let me just get rid of this here, right? There we go. Uh, but you can get it on your phone. You can have the Bible. Not just have you the Bible. Uh, you've got all the notes, maps, and other things. All can be on your mobile phone uh, or on your computer. And there's a whole range of vast resources that you can use on the mobile. Can I just say one thing? Get to read your Bible on a hard copy of the Bible first, or always have one at home, and use the mobile increasingly as you gain a better handle on getting around the Bible. Uh, there's nothing like getting to the actual words. And once you've got the structure of the Bible that way, then you'll find the mobile is a tremendous aid for looking up things as well. But there's all sorts of things out there, and they're free in many cases. Well, today's the first of the new year. Guess what your new year's resolution is going to be? If you're not doing it, start a quiet time. Start it today. If you're not reading through the Bible, start it today. There's guides there. And the, 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 the resources at the back, I hope, will be helpful. And as I say, this is for the first one who needs it. Uh, get yourself a diary or use that one. I hope that helps. I hope it's important that you can see the need to do so. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. Without your word, without that quiet moment alone with you, listening to your word, but also bringing our concerns, we know that we are lost. We pray that this year, might be a year you deepen our relationship day by day through either a quiet time or moments in any way that you might be lifted up in us and that we might know your presence and with confidence approach anything that this year will throw at us. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.